everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Crooked Noise podcast. Um, first of all, I just want to say thanks for all the cool feedback we had on the first episode uh, with Barley. Um, obviously, he was really insightful, really honest, and he's just got an incredible story to tell. Um, so if you haven't already, please do go check out that episode because it's... Yeah, we had a ton of fun doing it, so um, we had a ton of cool feedback. Um, secondly, I just want to address the... I mean, I guess I should address the delay with getting the second episode out. Um, I guess kind of life just got in the way a bit. Um, I moved house. Uh, we Obviously, we put out this Cold Bones record. Um, I had a bit of a... I went for a bit of a rough patch, Um with some personal stuff. Um, I got to, for the first time I've ever done anything like this, um, I was on the panel for Artist Entrepreneur Day in Cambridge, which is organised by Featured Artist Coalition. Um, and by the way, if you're an artist, please, please, please do go check them out because they're doing a ton of awesome work um, helping you guys develop your careers and um, get up the ladder a bit more. So... Um, yeah, please, please do go check them out. Um, but that was a ton of fun um, chatting to loads of um, up-and-coming artists and musicians and bands um, just about kind of how independent record labels can intertwine into their career. Um, like I say, a ton of fun, but also really nerve-wracking. Um, once you get going, though, it's all good. And... Uh, um, Obviously, if you follow me on social media, you know full well that we put out this Cold Bones record. Um, we pressed a vinyl for the first time, and it just looks so good. Um, shameless plug, if you have a few quids to spare, go to crookednoise.limitedrun.com and pick up a vinyl or a T-shirt. Um, you can't buy a long sleeve anymore because we just sold out. But um, the vinyl looks phenomenal um it's red with a black splatter and um also sounds good as well um sometimes these uh colored vinyl they don't normally um don't normally sound that good but um or not normally but sometimes they have a tendency to not sound that good um but this sounds great as well um so yeah if you have a few quid to spare head on over to the store and pick up a copy and yours truly will send it out to you um yeah, we, we had a really cool release for Cold Bones. Um, I went to... Where did I go? I went to uh, the Canterbury show um, of the release tour. Um, if that wasn't sold out, I'd be surprised. Um, and then I went to the London show. Again, I could barely move, so... I don't know if that was sold out or not. Um, but yeah, that like I say, great tour for them. Great release. We had a ton of cool reviews and feedback and um i did have high hopes for the record but by all accounts it has actually done better than what any of us any of us forecast so yeah just a cool release and just um a lot of fun all around doing that a lot of hard work but um there was a couple of nights where i was up till about um one or two in the morning because um because of the amount of pre-orders we got um so that was like just relentless. Um, there's worse problems to have. I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> um, also, um, yeah, so uh, going forwards, this is going to be a monthly show. Um, I've already got the next one recorded. Uh, we've got um, got Jack from Canvas. Um, he plays bass in Canvas and also manages them. Um, so that's a really cool conversation about being self-managed. Also, he's got his own pool of bands that he manages now. So that's a good conversation. Um, on this podcast, though, we've got um, Steph and Alex from Silent Cult. They're a relatively new record label, but um, they've been in music uh, trade, I guess. Um, for the, I mean, they've been around the horn. Um, we get into all of that. Um, just a pair of really, really nice people and... Um, just really good at what they do. If I was in a band and they wanted to sign my band, 
I would let them sign me any day of the week because, yeah, they're, they're just great at what they do. Um, they are home to um, Palm Reader, Funeral Shakes, Empire, V Vega and Loom. I don't believe I've missed anyone off there. Um, but this is a really fun conversation just about um, kind of their backgrounds, why they started the label. Um, yeah, and we, we just kind of just shoot about record labels in general, I guess. And um, yeah, um, I guess without further ado, here's, the, um, here's my conversation with Alex and Steph. What's what's the story behind Silent Cult? There's a microphone. Just kind of pass it between you. Yeah. What what's the story with Silent Cult? Like how? Because you're a relatively new label. What like a year? Well, you posted the other day. It's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. So. Yeah, just kind of. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like. Um, so it's a new label. What's the kind of story like? What is the label about? Like, if you had to describe it to someone. What's what is it? It started as a, um, basically a personal project. It was something that our company that we were working for back then was going to support, and then they couldn't. So basically, we just started it ourselves. Yeah, pretty much. We um, <laughs> yeah, we we, we kind so, of sorry. So for people that obviously they're watching this, we're passing a microphone around, and it's like really. Kind of awkward because we've only got two mics, but yeah. Sorry, as you were. Uh, no, it's um, it, it started like that. I come from a label background where I used to run record labels in mm. a similar vein, kind of um, alternative rock metal, kind of mm -hmm. as a loose term, I guess. Um, and we we start, me and Steph started working together. Um, we were discussing with our kind of management at the company that we work for about maybe doing something within their brand. I guess, um, and they didn't feel that it fit for whatever reason. Um, so we just kind of went, well, fuck it, let's do it ourselves. Yeah. So, and that was pretty much it. So we kind of, I wanted to do it because I was missing, so and me and Steph from a, a distribution background. So just quickly. Is this close you, enough? Like, yeah, just we... like I say, someone's going to edit it afterwards. But cool. Alex, your background is, so I know you used to work at Basic and Small Town. And yeah. where else? Um, they were the two main record labels. Yeah. I ran my own record label for a couple of years mm. when I was like 18. Um, um, then I moved to Small Town, then I moved to Basic. Um, and uh, and then I, I moved into distribution yeah. from there. Um, and I, I, I personally, I missed that kind of, the, the hands-on with artists. Mm. Like you don't get as much with distribution. Um, you do in, in some certain instances, but... Um, generally not um you know so um I'm, i kind of just wanted to work with some cool new bands so. and yeah and what's your background steph because i only know because you work at where, is, where do you work now so. right now i'm in a talent management company yeah so i work with lots of TV people like um, Stacey Solomon and Andrea McLean. And I didn't know that. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and then some pop artists like um, Ella Henderson and Becky yeah. Hill, a festival as well. But it's always like um, pop related. So, um, in order so to keep what was your background <laughs> leading up to Silent Cult? Have you worked at labels before? Or? Yes, I did my internship in a record label in Spain mm -hmm. for a year and a half. And it was Americana. We did all the sub pop releases. Okay. Uh, so really cool stuff. But still, it was just like an internship. So I moved to London almost 10 years ago. And then I started just um, in a distribution company again, always in the digital side of things. And as Alex said, it was just um, not getting enough of the artists that um, yeah. I didn't really enjoy. So I wanted to be more involved and that's why um, Silent Cult makes so much sense because we can just get involved and make things right for the artists that yeah. we work with. So how did your paths cross? How did you two kind of meet? So we worked together for a year and two. a half or so, two years. Two years. Yeah. yeah. 
in this distribution company that back then was called Red Essential. And then we got bought by Sony, became Red, and then absorbed by The Orchard, then we became The Orchard. And yeah. that's um, when I left, and Alex is still there. Yeah. But, yeah, I left for this. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, that's a, that, so I, I worked for another distribution company before. I joined um, Essential. Mm-hmm. I, I joined Essential. Um, and then, yeah, me and Steph got on like a house on fire. Obviously, kind of mutual love of the kind of same kind of music, yeah. but also um, the same kind of drive to want to kind of push newer artists, I guess. Um, we, it came because there was one particular band, uh, one of the things that drove me at least, there was one particular band um, that I was talking to at my first record label that I owned myself. I won't name, uh, name them, um, but... Um, and I was talking to them, and I was talking to them, signing signing them for, it was like about a thousand pounds or something like that. You know, it was a really, really kind of cheap deal, and we were talking, and that that that, that didn't end up happening at that point. But then, it but that came was like the catalyst for the label, was it? Well, it was. Well, what happened essentially was um, like this was like ten years ago. I'm talking kind of, and I was talking to that right. like tire band at the time that were like a local band that were just breaking out of their scene that were doing some really cool things um and then when we were working for the previous company that came back around on a, a kind of artist service deal and we're talking they, they were looking for like six figures like and th- they were worth that don't get me wrong but it was like me sitting there kind of going somebody else has got to yeah. grow these new artists like yeah. it's like um there's got to be somewhere for them to come from. Um, and obviously, like, there's other record labels out there that are supporting new artists, like your own, Good mm. Noise, obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and Basic um, and, and whatnot. Um, but we... Um, yeah, that was it. It was just me sitting there kind of going, well, where are these new... Where are these artists that in five years that are going to come to me and go, I need, a, you know, 200,000, 300, 500,000 pounds going to come from... Is they're going to come from a small record label or somebody that has offered them two grants to get a leg up in the industry? Yeah. Kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, I think that we kept seeing bands passing us by that we could really help. They were like, fuck, that could have been ours. Yes, yeah. so like um, not really signing them with a massive record deal, but something that we could just add value to. Mm-hmm. And no one was signing them. That's what we found annoying. It's like, we need to do something about this. Uh, I kind of found that um trying to put it in a way that would make sense on a podcast um but um i i found like so for instance we'd find a great band and like we have the ability obviously we kind of work in distribution you have a lot of contacts with particular labels and yeah you maybe send them to and like there will be certain labels no and don't get me wrong there, there are other labels that will support new bands um as i said like you yourself basic hassa records as well are really cool um at like just taking a punt and championing a really new cool band um but very rarely um i was finding outside of the labels that i was dealing with um the 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 kind of level of input that they needed to put and, and you know yourself kind of thing a lot of new bands they'll be kind of wet behind the ears and they don't know how to get a booking agent or mm. they don't know how to and you've kind of got to have a bit more of a hands-on kind of approach to it it's a case of kind of building that team around the band to then get them to that next level kind of thing and um that's the fact that the, 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 there was people not wanting to take a punt on this because okay they're a new band i don't want to do that work or mm. um i don't see any sales value in it and and when you get to bigger labels you know there that some labels have a, a a culture of looking at those kind of sales values so um if they're not worth anything they're not going to look at signing them so you know i'm not saying that's wrong but i'm saying that the thing that i kind of like is being able to take a band that has you know never done a record before funeral shakes being a prime example where like okay okay i say <laughs> never done a record before all of those guys have been in fucking yeah that's before but, um, so it's maybe yeah. a bad example but you take a new band um and uh 
and and just championing and pushing them and then growing to them that next level and you kind of go okay at the end of this album cycle we want to have sold i'm going into that sales thing again but um <laughs> sorry distribution background um but you know we want to have got to this level in terms of maybe sales or we want to get to this level in terms of maybe the venue that we're playing at kind of thing whether we can kind of maybe headline a, a camden assembly or an underworld or something like that um and it's that growth process, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, so. I don't know if you saw. I did that talk the other day, and uh, I was getting questions, and like almost every one of my answers was like, "Every band is different," and I think it's like a label at kind of my level. Like, if someone asks you what you do at the label, it's such a grey area. Like, some bands I'm on the phone to every day. Some bands will send you a record, and they're like, "Yeah, let's get it out there," like. It's very, it's very variable, isn't it? Like in so, like some bands, you'll be like shopping, help shop for an agent and things like that. Yeah. Some bands, you'll just let them crack on. It's um, yeah, like you say, it's it, it depends on every band. There will be like you get some bands that literally don't know anything but are fucking great. Yeah. And then you've kind of got to build that, and then you've got to get other people into them, and then you've kind of got to, you know, as I said, build that team around them, get people mm. in. Um, Championing them, champion. I can't say it. Sorry. <laughs> champion. Oh no, fuck it. Um, well, I'll let it in. You know what up. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Champion. No, fuck it. So um, what's uh, like? How many bands? Is, sorry, four bands so far. Is it four? Yeah, we've got four. Yeah. So it's Loom. No, what was was Vega the first band, or was it Loom and Vega? Loom. So we, it's we Loom. Did Loom and Vega at the same time. So it's Loom, then Vega, then. Shakes, funeral shakes, funeral shakes, and then Palm Reader. And Palm Reader, and we've got another <laughs> bands that we're going to the, announce. I wasn't going to name them yet because the but announcement you can tell me off air. And... No, 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 <laughs> not you. It was, um, no, um, but we've got another band. <laughs> um, I know. What's the kind of dynamic between like what do you two do with the label? Um, we've both got specific backgrounds, haven't we? Like, do you want to? Oh. I feel like you're. Maybe like the one that's saying, Alex, don't or don't do that. Like a moment ago, you were just like, don't say that. Alex for a living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my full-time job. <laughs> so kind of how does it work? No, so Alex takes care of everything that he's got to do with the actual planning. Um, basically the um, whole plan with radio and press and everything. Mm. And I take care of digital. But obviously, because he's so busy, I always have to nudge him every now and then and say, have you done this? Have you done yeah. that? But yeah, no, basically, I, I do like socials and digital yeah. strategy for the bands. And he takes care of the actual things that matter, like manufacturing <laughs> the albums. And okay. I think you're underselling yourself there. <laughs> Most certainly. No, I, uh, the, the way I kind of see it is that I kind of take care of the nuts. And we, we both do A&R. We've got yeah. a partner as well that also helps us out with A&R. Um, but I do the kind of nuts and bolts, boring stuff that nobody ever wants to do when mm. they want to start a record label. They want to put bands out there and do the cool shit. like All the stuff that really matters, but yeah. it's fucking laborious. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I do all the nuts and bolts stuff generally. Um, and... So all of the generally all of the legal rubbish and <laughs> stuff and Steph is the in my eyes the kind of forefront of kind of artist contact kind of um and works on the kind of let's say like she said the digital side of things that's where I kind of fall down in a certain respect my my digital marketing prowess is nothing compared to Steph's so um Steph helps I say helps well, that sounds like I'm underselling you there as well myself, but um, like um, that, that, that's the kind of maybe the way I, you, you're the forefront and do all of the the cool shit, and I do all the nuts and bolts and get shouted at. <laughs> okay, so what? Obviously, you've signed four bands within like the first year and a bit. What's uh, is there like a particular like A and R style? Because all your bands are quite different, I'd say. So is there like a particular thing you look for or is it just if it... I I think I know the answer, but what, what is it? If it sounds cool. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there there are obviously kind of a little bit more depths mm -hmm. to that, I think. Um, like with Loom, they almost came as the full package. They had management. They've got mm -hmm. a fucking sweet booking agent. Um, 
They'd done some stuff before, but they got caught in a bad place because they were signed to uh, one of the majors previously as a kind I didn't of know development that. act. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there was there was a couple of legal issues that we had to sort out prior to releasing that album. Own uh, legal issues being kind of the pertaining of um, rights and who owned them and whatnot. And so, um, so there were a couple of things like that. Whereas, um, like we've like with Vega, Vega was just like these these guys are fucking cool. We really like the record. Mm. Let's do this. Funeral shakes. Exactly the same principle. And and that was actually a, a friend of ours who also works at a distribution company. Shout out Dave. Um, that was like these guys are fucking cool. Like check it out. Um, and uh, we just listened to the record. And went. This is really good. Like mm. let's put it out. Like so. There was that um, palm reader. You're you're probably better to speak about Palm Reader because you. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> and that, that, that's it. What's the new song called? Uh, Swarm. Swarm. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to it. Like, I think I listened to it about ten times on the way down. Mm-hmm. I love them, and it's just like, yeah. how is that not one is doing justice to yeah. these guys? It's just insane. Um, I love them to bits. For for us, it's just like there is nothing that actually says, "Oh, we're like hardcore" or "we're like post-hardcore." Nothing like that. It's just okay. Here is a good album. Here is a good band that we want to work with. Let's do it. So basically, yeah. that's that's the NR strategy. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of mine as well. It's just like if it sounds good and they're not dicks and they're hardworking, then it's a high chance they're going to sign you. <laughs> we, we've learned a few lessons here. Like we need the band to play live and mm-hmm. things like that. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Let us do our thing too. If that works then it's all good but we need that to happen there's yeah i think there's a requirement i think i say a requirement it's not like i've got a tech tick box or anything but um the band in themselves need to kind of want to progress yeah as well um and it'd be cool like like um we'll we get some you know we get we get a fair few demos sent through now i'm no idea why um at this point like but, um, you know, we get a fair few demos sent through now and you kind of end up speaking to one or two bands and they're like, yeah, cool, we, we you've got this really cool record, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, we'll, I just want to play a couple of shows each month. Kind yeah. Of thing. And it's like, nah, nah. That's what I mean. like, like, don't get me wrong, like, if you want to do that, cool. But, like, speak from a perspective. The thing that I used to say this a long time ago is that... Um, when I was running my own record label, um, I was putting a lot... I didn't earn much. Like, I was working, like, this really shite job that didn't pay me much, and I was putting all of my excess cash into it, probably as you are. Mm. Um, and then you get bands coming to me and going, oh, I want X amount of money, or I want this, or I want that. And um, the question I'd ask them was, like, well, like... Why are you asking me for that? Why can't you put that much money into your mm-hmm. band? And, and we're not talking hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands. We're talking like between one and three, one and five thousand pounds. And it's like, well, there's four of you. If you really, really want to do this, could you not? That's if actually, you think, yeah, one of the first things I say to, like, if a band doesn't have a, like, a manager that I don't know or I don't know the band, I say, well, why don't you take a loan out for X amount and why don't you do it yourselves? Like, why... Why? Why am I the right label for that? Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. It's like the the, the bands. Um, there are a lot of younger bands, I guess. I say it's not even younger bands. There are bands out there mm-hmm. that see like the record. Lab, they, they've still kind of got this jaded idea of a record label putting loads of money into them, <laughs> and and we want to get signed because they'll give us this money to mm-hmm. do this, and then they'll do this, and it's like. Don't get me wrong, like, a lot of the things they want us to do, oh, we need to get signed because we want a booking agent, we want this, and um, we, yeah, we can help you out with booking agent, we can help you out, like, with your online marketing and your social presence mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, but if you're not willing to put £3,000 into your own band, like, to record, like, yeah. a demo EP or something, like, why am I going to be willing to put that money in as well? That, that's it. Like, so, it's, yeah. I do a lot of, like, vetting. Almost like with my last band, I signed Cold Bones. That took like a year just because I wanted to like get to know them and like find out. Because every anyone can say, "Oh yeah, we, yeah, we'll tour it." 
I've had bands before that say that, and then like six months later they'll split up because they realise it's actually really hard. Uh, that's, that's the. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I know. You um, yeah, no, that's it, and I've done that before, um, and I've I've signed bands, and I <laughs> I also think, especially when you kind of get to a level. I've got this theory in my head. It's probably completely wrong, but I'm going to say it on microphone anyway. Is that there's always one member of a band that goes, fuck, this is too much hard work, yeah. and then quits. Yeah. So if you get a band, there's always one um, that will go, oh, no, I can't do this, yeah. kind of thing. Because it um, is fucking hard. Yeah, no, and it's it so, is. it's so, like, mentally, like, like, this industry in a whole, it's, it can be mentally, like, fucks with your head, doesn't it? Like, oh, head fuck, basically. And... Um, I think some bands, it's just, or some members, it's just not, not for them. I think sometimes. No, that's it. Yeah, there's some people. Some people can't. Um, some people can't commit to the, the 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 fact that they've got to go out and they've got to tour every couple of months and they've got to do this and they've got to do that and they've got to be at press days and they've got to do this. Mm. Um, some people just can't commit to that, and, and that's fine, you know. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 we've had instances as well where we've kind of got the band. They've gone, fuck, this is. Yeah. holy too much work like you put them on two tours and they're like fighting each other like yeah. getting really angry with each other and they've spent like five days in a van kind of thing so um it's like cool it's fucking hard as well because by that point you might have already signed them and it's like oh shit i'm like hitching my wagon to this no, this band been, don't even want to be a band i've signed Fuck. great bands before yeah. really good bands that you know three months later after we've gone okay cool we've this tour sorted and that tour sorted, and you've got to do this, and we're mm. going to do that. Um, and they've gone, nah, we've, we're splitting <laughs> up. It's like, great. Yeah. We've, we've just, I, like, yeah. I had that, and in a way, it's a good thing, because I learned from it, and now I know, you know, I can have this conversation, but when I signed V Vega, in like, the, there's like two chapters of V Vega, there's this bit that you had them at, and then I, I, I had like the metal version, and... So I signed them, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just gonna those. go on record and say we didn't pinch that band directly off." No, well, they'd split up, and then to. they decided to be a band again. <laughs> but because they're like my best friends, saw them every day. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna tour. We're, you know, we can do this and that." So I gave them like a really good deal, and I, I didn't want them to go elsewhere. And then like a month after the album was out, they're like, "Yeah, we don't know if we want to do this anymore." I was like, "Seriously, I've got a thousand CDs." <laughs> like, I did it up with them. Um... I don't know if I want to say their name, but I'm going to. Sorry, Andy. Sorry, Phil. Uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, sorry, Ryan. But We Are Fiction, who you probably know. Oh, because they're, they're yeah, I've known. Yeah, fucking yeah. great band. Yeah. Um, and when I worked at Basic, we set up this record label called Destroy Everything. And like those guys, they were fucking incredible. And we so started good. to make some waves um, with them. Um, Bees, uh, that's not well, at now, and that's not metal. Well, saw them and uh, that's loved that's them. Podcast and... Sorry, podcast yep. Um, but yeah, Bees, um, he, he, I remember him particularly liking him, them, whether he was blowing smoke at my backside, I'm not sure. So if you were, sorry, Terry, um, <laughs> but um, you know, uh, and we were starting, and we got some really good reviews on the record, and then six months later, the guys kind of decided they. That's yeah. not what they wanted to do anymore, and again, I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here professing to to berate people for their life choices or anything. You know, no, because I, I think it is hard. And personally, I don't think I could do it. Like, I wouldn't be able to live on tour personally. And um, I think, you, yeah, some bands they get to it and they're like, oh, "Fuck, this is a lot harder than." We a thought. lot of people like to think that they could live on tour, yeah. and then when they actually get on tour, they go fuck and i'm not saying uh, and again i'm not specifically referring to uh we are fiction who we've i've just mentioned mm. i'm just talking generally um but um a lot of people will profess that they can live on tour and then when they actually get out there realize that they can't because and it'll be something as stupid as you know this guy snores yeah. or something like and they've got a share of van like five of them three of them in a bunk on the back and two mm. of them on the two rows of seats kind of thing and one guy snores and the other you know the and i think by now probably if anyone's listening to this i think they probably know touring isn't fucking glamorous at all unless you're like guns and roses you know it's fucking hard yeah. like getting in a van and and that's it yeah, and like when you're at the level that, that both yourself yeah, our bands, yeah. and 
we're looking at. That's what you need to do. You need to get in a fucking van. You're going to sleep in fucking layboys. You're going to, yeah. like, fucking buy one... And I've done it before, where you'll buy one room in a travel lodge on a motorway service station and then try and sneak six people yeah. in a touring <laughs> party in and then all sleep on the floor. Like, sorry, travel lodge. Um, but, you know... Um, yeah, that's it. You've you've kind of got to make those sacrifices in that respect, and that's why um, you kind of uh, and going back to the point you were saying earlier about vetting and stuff. That's why you kind of you, you need to sit there and you need to talk to the bands. You need to have a kind mm. of idea of what you're going to or want to do. I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we are offering stupid good deals to labels, like um, to bands. Sorry, so no one is offering deals as good mm. as we are offering to the bands. And the reason is that I think that there is a uh, lot of education to do still because they want an advance and it's like, no, we're not giving you an advance. We could give you 20 grand, but you're going to be in debt to us mm -hmm. for 10 years. Yeah. We don't want that for you. And I think that's important for bands to know. Um, why are you selling? Why are you investing in it? And... I think that bands have got this idea of being signed by a label and then suddenly being rich. And it's like, no, it's not like that. You need yeah. to sell at least like 500 copies just to break even with the amount of money you've invested. So that's why we offer such good deals to bands because it's like, okay, we're going to do this uh, to manufacture LPs and CDs and then some merch. And you're going to sell maybe 400 copies, 1,000 copies, and then that's what you're going to see in return. Mm -hmm. Some labels are just giving advances and then the bands are in debt forever. And it's just not fair to them. And I think that they well, need it's, to It's like the to classic know. example of bands signing to majors, getting all this money, blowing it all, then being like, selling loads of records and mm -hmm. saying, where the fuck's the money? And it's like, well, you, we advance you 50 grand. That's why you're in debt. That's why you're not seeing royalties. You know, um, I think there's a lot of, yeah, there is a lot of education to do with bands, I think, with just the economics of releasing a record. I, I don't think uh, a lot of bands take into account maybe the, like you say, the economics. They go, okay, cool, we'll press a thousand CDs, that's going to cost them, what, a thousand pounds. Maybe a band will think that, like, mm. generally, it depends on your, it depends on your format. And then you, or you would get bands that will come in and go, cool, yeah, yeah we're going to do this, but we want this, 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 and this on the record, like, it has to be this, and it has to be this, and we've got a fucking 72-page booklet that goes into it that needs some overlay, and it's like, okay, cool, your unit cost, like, on producing them, yeah. actually manufacturing your physical record is, like, £3.50, mm -hmm. and then you've got your PR costs on top, then you've got your distribution fees that are going to go out there, okay, so your record's going to cost 16 quid in shops, who's going to buy it at that yeah. price, especially when you're a new band? It's like, don't get me wrong, there will be some people, your mum's going to buy it at 16 quid, it's gonna you know um but there's a lot know. of expectation setting isn't there like just saying like i've had bands come to me of like um they're like for example i want to do we want to do a vinyl for this record i'm like okay but you know that's going to cost me x amount to get 500 done you're going to sell 50 then we're going to be set on 400 50 for like the next and then five got, years and, and then, then we're going to argue and then you're going to split up <laughs> yeah and yeah. then and then you as a somebody has got to either pay uh as a record label owner you've got to pay storage costs mm -hmm. on those records either that or then you have to pay to get them destroyed yeah um and it's like it doesn't make sense and they're, they're, they're you know um there are bands out there that the and it depends on the genre i guess in certain respects um that will will kind of work with specific formats like we're only doing a physical release uh and the only physical release with palm reader we're doing is a vinyl because we know that they work well on that format mm. they don't want a cd version um we did have bands asking for the cd but the band took care of that so okay we want our album to be an lp only that's it I, we did it before with basic with um sorry i should have given you the microphone then but <laughs> uh, we did it before with Basic with Devil Sold His Soul and they released um, the, the last EP, yeah, and so it was good. on a white vinyl. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Like, that was the only format that you could get it on because mm -hmm. you could listen to it. And, you know, in the way that the, I say the industry, the, the, the way that consumerism is moving is, um, it's, it's obviously it's moving quite heavily to streaming. Mm. Um, but I feel that, that there's, I actually feel that, I say I feel. Um, 
heavy rock, still very strong on CD, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to still see sales on CD for that. That's fine. But I don't have a CD reader, for example. Yeah. Lots of people I, don't, I don't have buy a CD CDs. reader anymore. Yeah. So LP with a download card mm -hmm. that you can just listen to it. Yeah. That's fine. You, yeah, because I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing with some records, like Cold Bones, the instrumental band. I'm not, I'm not, not doing a CD. There's no, there's no, I don't think their fans would buy that. But they were saying to me, yeah, but we want to give them the option. I'm like, again, you'll sell The like, option's going to cost me like will, another, like. Your parents will buy it, sweet. But like, what about the other 500 copies, you know? So, so. it's, yeah, it's like, you've got to be realistic, especially at our level, you know? And that's it. And I'm going back to what Steph was saying about getting people in debt. You've got kind of got. I've had bands come up to us and go, "Okay, we want to manufacture five thousand CDs." It's like you know, sell a thousand. Yeah. Like we'll manufacture a thousand. Yeah. And like, if we if we look like we're going to sell more than that, then we can remanufacture. So yeah. it's not like, and and like, if you manufacture five thousand CD of like LPs as well, like we've had bands come up to us, we want to do two thousand. We've sold like. Even outside of like Silent Car, I've had bands come to me and go, "Okay, we 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 sold two thousand copies of the last record across all formats. We want to fan manufacture two thousand LPs." And it's like, mm. well, you're in debt to somebody. Somebody else is paying for that. And the the one thing you don't really want to do is get yourself in that debt because it isn't free money. You do end up mm. having to pay it back through some way, shape, or form. And and that's what we're trying to not do is that we don't want people to be or artists to be in debt to us i mean um yeah that's i mean i always pitch to my artists all right i want to you know maybe a year two years down the line i want to be able to be paying you some money so you can make some money from this record you so you actually see a return on it which should be the end goal i think for every every record really but um I, that's it i mean the way we work and correct me if i'm wrong steph but i i feel like i, I always go into a record going how do I break even? Exactly. Like, I, I'd never, I never sit there and think about, um, especially at this level, I never sit there and think about kind of making money because mm -hmm. you start thinking about making money, you start thinking about having to do extra things that, you know, at, you know, at some point that you maybe will upset the band or won't go with the band's um, aesthetic in a certain mm -hmm. respect. Yeah. Um, but... If you look, you sit there and you take a, a project, and that, and that's another thing is that there could be a particular band that you want to work with, that have an idea of how they want to release a record, mm. um, and you go, okay, how much is this project worth in terms of input, and how much is it worth on the output? And if we can break even, then cool. Yeah, you know, I'm happy to do that. If the band then takes off, that's where you'll make the money that you can then mm. go on to kind of maybe sign some other artists or whatnot but if you if you make the money back cool because then you can sign other again I, I will say to anyone listening this i think it's safe to say we're not in this to like get rich <laughs> like i've unless a band really takes off that's not going to happen i think I, it's safe to say we all do this because we really fucking love it yeah and, and that's it. almost like a side effect or, you know if you are successful. that's another thing that we've got is that like uh, Previously, when I was at other record labels, we were trying to become a full-time record label, and we weren't mm. like um, we'd be a bedroom label that had some fucking cool bands. Mm. Whereas, like myself and Steph now, like we're <laughs> and I sell it to bands like this, so I guess there's no problem in saying it. Kind of on record is that we 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 do have jobs that we enjoy. Um, so more than others, um, <laughs> we do have jobs that we enjoy, um, and we're not we run a record label because we want to run a record label. Mm. We're not running a record label because we want to earn money out of running a record label kind of thing. Mm. We, we just do it because we like it. Yeah. Um, it's about doing the best that we can for the bands that we love, basically, yeah. and try to get them to get some money, not us. Mm. What, like, in your Facebook post the other day, you mentioned, you said something to the extent, you, you mentioned it's been hard along the way. You've had some hardships. What, uh, what's been hard? What's been challenging? Me. <laughs> Alex, mostly. No, Alex, for those listening, Alex is just going to the loo, I think. No, he's getting a cup up. Getting drink. And you've made some amazing margaritas, by the way. I'm really gutted it's not alcoholic, but it's really tasty. <laughs> um, what, yeah, what's been, like, the hardships? Like, what's been hard? Um, for me, I think that um, 
this is personal. I do this for the bands, but I mm. do get personally involved with everything that's Silent Code related. So it is 24-7. Mm-hmm. If the bands are not happy, that breaks my heart. Like yeah. This is the main reason that I'm doing this. I just want to give that platform to bands that I love and take them to their full potential. Yeah. So that's it. It's just basically my own money, Yeah. my, my time, just invested in these bands. Because it is hard, isn't it? Because when you sign, I always say like, sometimes it feels like I'm in the band because it's so personal and it's so, you get you live and die by it, don't you? So when it isn't going good, it does, I think it, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So we sign bands that we love. Mm-hmm. So we want to be the best label that they could wish for. Yeah. And when it feels that we're not, that's when the problems come up. Yeah. With our best. Yeah, and that's it. I, with you know, there are there are. I just want to do by the best by these guys. Mm. Like that's why I'm signing you. I, you know, I feel like with our experience and what we can do, um, I know you know, like me and Steph have worked on records that have been number one and stuff, and that's not like a like humble brag or anything. Maybe it is. Perceive it how you will. Maybe perceive it how you will. But like the idea, the the point I'm trying to make is that we know how to work records. Yeah. And if we feel like we're not doing um, the best by these bands, it's just as galling to us as it is to the bands. If the bands are pissed off with us, like you know, it's it's gutting, man. It's like I'm I'm in it to do the best by those guys. So it's just reiterating, like like you said earlier, it's saying to bands like. I'm doing this because I love it not to make money. I'm just a guy that, well, you know, guy and gal that really like music and we just want to, you know, help you further on. Yeah. Just reiterating that, I guess. Yeah, that's it. It's just like going, well, yeah. Yeah, I think you pretty much said it. I was going to yeah. ramble on about something incoherent there. but yeah. What's um, Funeral Shakes? Talk about them because that's been really exciting because I know, isn't the drummer from Gallows? Yes, it is. Lee so what, what was it like signing them? What was that process like? It was brilliant. So um, a friend of ours that it's also one of Alex's colleagues. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. (laughs) So he pointed us at them and um, I love them because um, my background is like rock and roll and Elvis, Mm -hmm. Buddy Holly and stuff like that. And they just mix up those influences with punk and Rocket from the Crypt and things like that. And it's like, I love these guys. It's amazing. Yeah, They do have a thing for how they look as well. That's I was going to say as well. They've got an image and, you know, like, it's almost a rarity now when a band looks like a band. You know it what is. I mean? It is. They are like a gang. I love yeah. them. Yeah. Like, I, I've i got a thing. I've, I'm into, like, quite a lot of, like, I don't care if it's cool, not or not cool to, to like it, but, like, things like, like Motley Crue and, like, I, cool. I'm into that. And, like, <laughs> and they look like bands and they act like a band and I see that with funeral shakes quite you know like with um, those cool shirts they wear and yeah, they, they look like, like a gang it's really cool it is a gang and um, coughing cold <laughs> hashtag coughing cold they, they custom made those shirts didn't they they do they have two like satin and cotton yeah that's cool um, so yeah what's it been like what's it been like releasing that record it's a really good record <laughs> it's amazing that's it so um, they look Awesome, yeah. but also they have the songs to support that. Yeah, yeah and of course. Brilliant songs. They have at least like four super strong singles yeah. on them, and then um, they have an instrumental song. Like everything just makes sense. It's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And they're really good live. So they're really good <laughs> live. So good live. Yeah. Um, Please go see them. They are in. Um, they are on tour in April, and they are also going to be supporting Cancer Bats. Is that, is that announced? Three or four dates. Yeah, that's oh, fuck. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. Amazing, right? Yeah, with Death by Stereo at the Camden the Underworld. Yes. And that's four dates. It when, was the Cancer Bats Hail Destroyer tour. When, when's Palm Reader out? That's like a month away. 6th of April. Why should people go by that? What's cool about that? Because it's fucking great. It's fucking it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Swarm, the first single yeah. that was out. Um, three, four weeks ago already. We probably have a new single coming out in a couple of weeks' time mm-hmm. with a video too. Can't wait to see that. We haven't seen it yet. And it's going to be amazing. But the full album is just insane. It's Palm Breather at its best. 
like that that single. I was I listened to it about nine times because there's a bit at the end. I'm just listening to it like. Just nine. <laughs> yeah, like I was like. Fuck, this is so heavy, I can't comprehend. It's such a step up for them <laughs> as well. My, my background with Palm Reader, I actually, um, when I worked at Small Town Records, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, um, the, the last thing, it was about two months before I, I ended up leaving, mm -hmm. and I ended up signing uh, Palm Reader to the label and then not having not being able to work the, the, the first record. And I fucking loved that band then. And this record, like, I, I've obviously, like, the second record was a step in the foot, but this is, like, next fucking they level. Get, I like, think they just get better and better every record. They do. Yeah. And, you know, they, they feel like a band that are coming into their own. It's like um, they're... Um, I don't know what I was going to say there. You might have to cut that bit <laughs> well, out. Well, obviously, yes. um, you mentioned Small Town. Um I, what I want to do at some point is have a podcast with you, Ben and Pete, and just do like oh. a story of Small Town podcast. But like, just talk about Small Town for a bit. Because that was a label when I was like 16. I was like buying those records from there. I really looked up to Small Town. It was fucking, it was, it was a cool label. Um, the way I got in Small Town, I actually met Pete. Um, I used to play in this horrific pop punk band <laughs> called Never So True. Um, don't go and search us because you won't find us online. Um, <laughs> For a specific reason, uh, <laughs> but um, I played in this pop punk band. I'm originally from Northampton, and mm -hmm. Pete, um, who ran or owned Small Town Records, um, he set that up because he saw a band called Penknife Love Life. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine you're familiar yeah, with, of course. Um, so, um, yep, I owe you enough. Sorry, Steph stole one of my cigarettes, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so Pete set that record label up. Um, because he saw Penknife Love Life and was like, fuck, these guys are really good. And again, going back to what we were saying, the reason he set that record label up was to put that record out. And um, that just would, um, that, would that be around like 2004 sort of time? I think so, Like yeah, a real yeah. kind of, I would say like special that was time when, in music. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was it was kind of when Bring Me were first yeah. on the scene and, and Shikari were playing. Off and, MySpace was yeah. kicking off and Penknife Love Life were if you've not heard them, go and listen to their records. They're very much like an early Bring Me because that's that's what they were. They were in that kind of scene. Yeah. Um, and it was when Enter Shikari were kicking off and stuff like that. Um, and it was, um, yeah, so he just saw them at some place in Leeds, like some pub, and was like, fuck, I need to put mm. this. So he started the record label. Um, I ended up getting involved. I actually going back to the story that I was saying, I played in this horrific pop-punk band um, and we ended up supporting... Pete used to play in a... a, a, a I don't know whether he's going to murder <laughs> me or hang me or something for uh, telling everybody this, but um, he used to play in a, a ska band called Milk Two Sugars that were really good. <laughs> like, I really like them. Um, Can you hear them on Spotify? Or are, they, are they out there? Um, I, to be perfectly honest, I don't know. We'll, we'll scope it Steph's, out. Steph's going to have on a the quick case. look. Um, and they were on, I think they were on Punktastic recordings at that point in oh, time. Wow. If you remember Punktastic. Yes, <laughs> fucking hell. So, um, and I met Pete at the show and I was talking yeah. to him and he was saying how he was, he ran a record label and I was like, cool. I started talking to him um, and then I was, as I mentioned earlier, I set up my own record label. So I kind of leaned on Pete quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I do this? How do I do that? He was a diamond and got me set up with my first distribution deal. Um and uh, I, I found this band from Norwich called Forever Falling, if anybody yeah. ever... Uh, they, again, a kind of similar kind of band. They're kind of almost a bit of a split personality. If you look, there were some songs that sounded a bit pop punk. There were mm -hmm. some that were proper deathcore. It was really, really weird. Yeah. But I set up this record label, Lean On Pete. And then um, after running that record label for about 18 months, Pete just went, I need some more hands. Do you want to help out? Right? Yeah. So I kind of got involved that way. Um, what were yeah. some of the bands? Because I remember I definitely bought the page. I mean, that was towards the end of Small Town, I think. But like, there was Page. page and we had Floods. Um, that was a good record. Well, the Floods was record that? was great. Um, Obviously, Sleep. Also, well. also shout out to James Power, the front man from Floods, because he's possibly the funniest man I've ever he's met. A fucking legend. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, no, we started off when I. First started off, started working with a band called Tempted Peck, who are still doing the rounds. I think they're now signed to, um, 
Oh, it's like a Scandinavian record label. Drakkar, Drakkar Entertainment, I believe. Uh, they were on Century Media for a little bit after mm-hmm. that. Um, so we did uh, the first three albums by Tempted Peck. We did, um, there, there were a lot of other bands. Um, the main, when we started kind of hitting our stride, I guess, as a record label, I think we were, um, we did uh, Shadow Chasing Ghosts mm-hmm. and While She Sleeps, um, first record, uh, North Stands for Nothing. Um, we then um, had... Uh, the Elijah, yes, um, who are still one of my favourite bands, and I'm still horrifically gutted that they. If they um, did a comeback tour now, or if they did a comeback uh, show, my, it'd fucking sell out because they've such a big kind of. So my my one of my favourite things um, that I've ever been involved in, I think, is they. And if you're not listening to the Elijah, um, go check them out on Spotify yeah. or any other, you know, Apple Music or iTunes or any uh, streaming yeah any service, streaming you can probably platform. yeah anything or buy the but, record from Small Town can you still do that I think you can I think you can yeah. buy a CD we did the album on vinyl and it sold out immediately well, I've still not got a vinyl which is thing. really annoying um, they've left like I think they definitely triggered like this new wave of bands because I know Canvas who I worked with massively yeah. looked up the Elijah like you look at um, in archives they looked up like so many of these bands I think they definitely triggered something. They were they were completely different. And again, it, for for those of you that maybe haven't listened or heard of them, they were they were kind of they were hard, hardcore composed rock bands. Mm-hmm. Sean, the guitarist, was the main songwriter, and he he writes film scores, I believe now. Um, and that that's what they did. They had this really orchestral background, um, like kind of background to the. To the, to the music but it was kind of a really visceral kind of front end Mike the clean vocalist is now in uh, Being as an Ocean and has moved out to yes. California yeah. uh, they're also a fucking kick ass band um, but yeah that, that, that going back to what I was saying kind of the, the most one of the best things I was ever involved in was they did uh, one show it was the Underworld um, and it was I can't remember it whether there was a support or not, but they did that with a three-piece um, uh, string court yes. uh, session. Uh, and that was sold out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sold out. There was 500 people there. Um, the Elijah, um, they, they they ran a merch company as well, two or three of the guys, Jacob the drummer, um, and uh, Dan the front man ran a company, I can't remember... I think I think it was just those two. Uh, I think Sam, the bassist, was involved as well. Um, but they run a merch company called The Fucked Life, um, who I believe are still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so go check out their clothing because it's also kick-ass. Um, but um, they um, they run this merch company, so they 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 had the biggest range of merch ever, um, and they let us set up this little small town like records distro kind of. Th- merch stand at the end where we sold kind of everything but Elijah and um and we were sat there um and I was sitting there on the merch desk and there were people coming up to us chatting to us and there were people that had flown in from Poland from there was one girl that had flown over from the US there was like there was people there was one guy that I remember particularly he had um he'd caught a bus down from Edinburgh that day because everybody everybody had flown over and they were yeah. staying like but this one guy had caught a bus down that had taken him nine hours oh, to get God. down um he'd turned up at like 12 meandered he'd come by himself like meandered around London like until the show time and his return bus was at 4am in the morning and he had nowhere to stay and he'd literally just done that just to come to that one show and um yeah, it was fucking it's great. Crazy. Like, it's well, like, the... like I always sometimes like because obviously we're all music fans. Obviously, sometimes we get so caught up in this, like you don't sometimes you don't realize like how much it fucking means the like music we release and the bands we we work with, the music like how fucking impactful and special it is to some people. Like, that's people that, are fucking hardcore fans. That's the, that's the reason I. That's got what keeps into... us with jobs, I guess. Well, it's the reason I I think and going kind of commenting on that maybe that's the reason i got into music is mm-hmm. because like you could see firstly it was like you were helping the bands themselves like especially if you're working with younger bands like achieve what they want to or you want to at least be a stepping stone and part of being able to achieve what they they mm. wanted to do with their lives but also there's that element like you say there's especially when you're younger i think like you you get kids like 
like just fucking idolize those bands and it's like a part of your youth like people you know there's 30 year olds 35 year olds now that will be listening to bands that were they listen like okay maybe they don't listen to them anymore but like when they think back to those days like i know i, I do like i think back to the days that i was 16 and mm-hmm. go fuck i remember fucking four requiems etched from northampton who were probably not great but um you know they, they that's the soundtrack to my youth then yeah. and like uh the litmus kids and stuff like that and the, all of these bands you won't have heard of and won't have any music available anywhere so sorry um but um like they're they're just like i, I remember going to shows to go see the litmus kids or monster 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 or four records extra like you know or playing shows like that and, and and that's the impact that you're um and people out there go and have you know that have reminiscent periods where they, you know, they they will go and go fuck. Like, I used to listen to these bands, and they were fucking local bands. That sorry, I'm swearing loads. That's fine. Um, we can swear. <laughs> but you know, just local bands that play cool music. That like, it's, yeah, I'm rambling. That's just shy. No, I was just on that. Like, I that's how I got into music. I think my fir- I don't know what my first gig was. Everyone seems to remember the first gig. I just used to go to Club 85 and just watch the local bands. And because I'm like 14, yeah, in Hitchin. I've been there. Have you? Yes. I, it's, that's where I lived for like my youth. It'll be, it's near me now. I'll never, I've never been, but it's, it's stop looking at me like that. Stuff. <laughs> um, it's near me. I'm moving to Stevenage. I'll go there. You're moving to Stevenage? I'm moving Why to Stevenage. Moving to... We'll, cut, we'll cut this out. Well, but... yeah, we'll, we'll have a yeah. chat about this afterwards. Um, no, yeah, and like just going to see bands there, and I used to try to go there, like obviously sneak in because I was fourteen every Friday and Saturday, and I was like just blown away. So me, it was the Sound House in Northampton, which is also closed now. That's so sad. It, they, they closed it down, um, and then about three years later, they found out the people that then owned it were um, had a massive weed farm there. So, oh, lovely. Anyway, <laughs> but on on the subject, actually, I just want to I just want to give this place a shout out, but the. Um, uh, oh fuck! I've forgotten the name of the place now. That place where Harris is from, Square in Harlow. There we oh, go. There yes. we go. Like I've played. I honestly believe I've played my best gigs at that. That, that place was great, and I saw a picture recently where they've been tearing it down. So fuck yeah, you to whoever has torn down the Square in Harlow because that yeah. was fucking great. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's really really sad. Um, just, no, that's cool. I went off on a tangent there, but still. I, I said, like, we chat about anything. It doesn't even have to be about music. But, um, like, obviously you said about some of the harder times of Silent Cup. What have been, like, the good, like, high points? If it's, like, bullet point, the best bits about running a label or the best bits about Silent Cult so far? Mm, just um, having the album in my hands, for example, that's just amazing. Yeah. Like, I cry. It's yeah. like, oh, my God, it's a vinyl. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I know it's stupid, but uh, just having no. That. I've got um, Colbone's vinyl being delivered to to me on Tuesday. I've never, I've not done vinyl with Crooked Noise yet, so I might well up. <laughs> I'm you fully, fully emotionally prepared. Yeah, definitely. Um, silly things that uh, the other day, Palm Breather, because of International Women's Day, they did a tweet about oh thanks to M from Public City that is doing the PR and stuff from mm. Silent Color. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so cool! <laughs> you know, it's just like a stupid things, but just um, knowing that you're making the bands that you love happy mm-hmm. makes me happy. Is the main reason that we're doing this. So that's it. That's amazing. What about you, Alex? It's pretty much the same. Like you say, it's the holding the physical that you spend so much time. You sit there having to go back and forth over vinyl colours and like matte finishes or mm. gloss finishes and silly things like that. Like, again, that area of the fucking industry that nobody really wants to consider yeah. when they actually get into it. Um, but then you actually end up with this fucking product that looks fucking sweet and sounds really nice. Yeah. And you get that product in your hand, you're like, great. Yeah. And then the band hopefully are happy with everything as mm-hmm. well um and yeah and like you say just knowing that the band's like there was and i don't want to say thank you to palm reader for this actually because there, there was an interview i can't remember which website it was on now otherwise i would um send you maybe steph could send you a link um and you can put it in the bottom put but it in the they, notes they gave us a shout out because they were like we i mean 
I can't remember the exact words, but they they gave us a shout out and said mm-hmm. we've been fucking great. And it's like that's good to know that we're doing the job that you need us to do, kind of thing. Like that's why we got into it. We we want to work with you guys because we think you're fucking cool. We want to try and do the best by you, step everything up, mm-hmm. and they think we're doing it. So the fact that you know they feel that that's going that way, great, amazing. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we all get like so kind of caught up in it it can be like definitely me so like i thank my bands for like i'm like thanks for letting me release it but sometimes you get so caught up in it you sometimes forget like how awesome it is like just having the opportunity to do this i think like bands come to you and they're like they trust you with it i think it's pretty special that's it i think like especially when you're is bands put their heart and their soul into their records Mm -hmm. And to trust somebody, it's three songs and out web scene that that Palm Reader thing is on. Awesome. FYI. Yeah, we'll link that so, in. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, especially when bands come to you, they put their heart and their soul into the records and you're kind of almost handing it over to somebody else to kind of facilitate the mm. kind of release of that. And the fact that anybody does that um, with us, that, you know, that's that's pretty reward- mm-hmm. rewarding. Sorry. Um, so... Yeah, it's fucking cool. That's cool. What's next for What's next for Silent Cult? Oh, I'm getting a. Um, we've got. <laughs> an, say the name, no, I'm not going to say the name, but we've got another band. We're releasing their records out at some point this year. Okay. Um, probably quarter three if you're going to go with, uh, <laughs> with business vernacular um <laughs> sold <laughs> um, but um we've got them and then um i guess we'll see how it goes it's it's one of those things like i just want to hear some good bands and when i find a good band or steph finds a good band or i'm not allowed <laughs> you are allowed shut up i'm terrible i love everything yeah, no, I need to step away from May and Heart because, yeah, I love everything. I get involved <laughs> too soon. Uh, but, yeah, no, this new band is so exciting. The new single is so good. So can't wait. It's going to awesome. be so good. What does the next five years look like then? If you have that, like, is just more of the I, same? I, there, there was never records. a five-year plan with us, no. I think. We kind of went, we want to do this, fuck it, let's do it kind of thing. Hell, yeah. So we kind of did it and... Like like we said earlier, we're kind of not doing this to try and end up uh, end up becoming some kind of uh, some kind of, um, but a label that earns like we can pay a living wage to ourselves mm-hmm. or a living salary to ourselves. We're not. That's not what we started out to do, and that's not to say again that like anybody that's doing that shouldn't be looking to do that. That's just our yeah. particular yeah. kind of side of things. Um, so we kind of never really started out with that. So we kind of we were, we just want to put out some fucking good records. That's what we want to do. I mean, it'd be it'd be great if some of those records fucking fly and those bands take off. Like, I that's for me. If you want to talk about five year plans, I think the the goal is to have a bands that get really big. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, and it's no, a band you, in five years. I mean, you can't, yeah, well, it's a, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, I, I mean, you really big's like a very particular phrase that could could mean so many yeah. things, but you know, a, a band that grows themselves or an artist that grows themselves, it doesn't have to particularly be a band. Just somebody that is in five years, like doing a hell of a lot better than they were before they worked mm. with us. So. You know, I think that we can cope with maybe three, four bands per year, three, four albums. But then, if we give them that platform to release their first album or second album or whatever, and then they get signed or they get an offer from someone else that is going to do better, well done. Like, yeah, yeah. Ahead. You know what I mean? It's just that's what we're about. I don't. I don't think that I ever kind of started to sit here and kind of go. I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> um, okay. I was going to say I, I, I think I, I don't think I ever started to sit here and go kind of like you're on our label, that's it, kind of thing. I I, I just kind of want people to work with that can generally be pleasant to work with um, that are good bands that we can kind of grow to that particular awesome. stage and if you know we do then fucking cool so just slowing down because we've been doing this 
just over an hour now. Um, it's gone so <laughs> quick. Um, any final notes? Any shout outs to anyone? I want to shout out um, fucking Public City PR because they're fucking M, Harris. Um, they've been fucking stellar to us. Um, I also want to shout out all of our bands. Amazing. So, Loom, obviously, go listen to them. They're fucking great. Funeral Shakes are also very, very, very good. Um, Palm Reader are good, and you'll get to hear their album in a month. Um, and then we've got another band. Also, go listen to Vega because all of their stuff is online mm-hmm. and it's incredible. Um, yeah. Cold Bones. I love them. Thank <laughs> Amazing. you for releasing the album. <laughs> Amazing. What a, that's, I think that's a good note to end on. I don't even like one of my bands. music and I love them. <laughs> so, well done. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, yeah, thanks for making it this far. And um, I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Any feedback you might have, um, please feel free to hit us up on Crooked Noise on any Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Or you can just message me personally. You're more than welcome to. Um, the next episode comes in June featuring Jack from Canvas. Um, if you do have money to spare, please do feel free to go to the Crooked Noise store crookednoise.limitedrun.com um, the Cold Bones vinyl does look good really good and um, we got a ton of t-shirts from them from Lifetight um, some of our catalogue bands and um, yeah hope you've enjoyed and we'll see you next time look after yourselves